Let me tell you about my hometown, Esteli, Nicaragua. The city of Esteli is a world full of colors that match the spirit of my people. The walls of Esteli are brightly painted with colorful graffiti, and the humble homes are close together like our tight-knit community. This was captured by Doug Diaz and Soul Culture Studios, and now is display on this beautiful vase. Nica Rustica brand featured El Brujito, the official symbol of the city of Esteli. El Brujito is a petroglyph that was found in a rock over 6,000 years ago, and it is a symbol of pride for every Esteliano. Nica Rustica Dove is a unique, unpolished Habano experience, and we are super excited for you to try it. Nica Rustica Dove, from our house to yours. Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. Randy, don't encourage him. Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. Uh, boy, I screwed that up completely, Randy. Uh, you just, you guys threw me off like seconds before Jordan was screaming in my ear. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host for now, Robbie Raz. There's our co-host, Randy Griggs, coming to you live from Lot B and Crystal Lake Studios. What are you doing, Randy? Everything is beautiful out here in California today. It is sunny. It is nice. It is not too damn hot. Uh, all things are good at Crystal Lake Studios, Randy. What is going on with you? You've got camera issues. You're, yeah, what's, what's the situation? Uh, yeah, good afternoon, Robbie. So glad. Oh, look, it was my voice that fixed the camera. Who to sunk it? Good to see you, man. Glad to be here. Uh, it's funny. You should say it's sunny. Uh, we don't live that far apart even now. It's like overcast and drizzling all day. It's really sunny where you're at. Yeah, it sucks to be you, man. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I love got, it. Uh, Are you kidding? <laughs> No, it's. Uh, I, I look over here as though I can see anything outside of yeah. the studio. I cannot. I am. I'm pretty well bunkered in uh, to uh, to the studio here. But uh, yeah, lots of sunshine, a little bit of a breeze. You know, nice, nice, beautiful 78 degrees. Uh, it's Ooh, just yeah. a perfect, a perfect spring day. Uh, perfect day for drinking some stouts and yeah. uh, and smoking some cigars, Randy. I'm. I am excited to be here. We are wrapping up the. Uh, Beer Trends segment here with uh, American Stout. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Go ahead, hit that share button if you're watching us live on the Facebook. We appreciate it. Uh, let all the folks in your feed know uh, the weird stuff that you do in your free time. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, go ahead, hit that uh, subscribe button, like the video, uh, give us a review and all that noise. You're on a podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, go ahead and give us that five-star rating. Leave a little review. Say that uh, you know you love Randy's glasses. 
And do you think that uh, Crystal Lake Studios is much more attractive than Lot B? Say all those great things um, and give us that five star. It really does help. Helps people find the show. And we really do appreciate that. Uh, boys, how's everything going in, uh, in Colorado? Everything is going good here in Colorado. We're excited for this show. Uh, wasn't uh, what was this? Wasn't easy. Was, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I didn't know what that was. It was. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Pizza, pizza. I gotta show my shirt good, there. Pizza shirt. Good shirt. Um, psyched. Hey, we got a special uh, guest here in Dojo Studios. Uh oh. None other than Hall of Famer himself. B Tamps is in. <laughs> Dojo Studios, B Tamps. How are you doing, my friend? I am. Uh, I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah. But uh, you know, we're here to party. Are you Are you <laughs> ready for this episode of Flavor Odyssey? Yes, I am. All right. So B Tamps is going to be participating with us on this show. We're excited to have him in studio, taking the place of Scott, who's uh, he just failed. Seriously, failed us. Failed us tonight. But anyways, boys, turd. take it away. Let's Let's get this show rocking and rolling. I love it how uh, B Temp says I'm tired, really tired, but I'm ready to party. I like that. I love that attitude. I like, we need that energy here, Randy. We need that energy. Right. Um, right. So we're going into stouts, Randy. Uh, this was uh, we're, so we're wrapping up our beer trends segment, and I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. If you can, you know, for folks that maybe they missed some of these episodes, maybe run us down through uh, the the uh, the styles that we had here in beer trends and. And kind of why we, you know, if, if you go back to the beginning of our show, this is me buying you time, by the way, you're welcome. If you go back to the beginning of our show, we always fe- featured just beer and cigars. That first season, it was all beer. And so we're kind of getting back to our roots with this segment. And instead of, you know, featuring a style or a specific style or, you know, a uh, specific uh, flavor profile, we wanted to go with beer trends because that's, this is kind of what Randy does uh, in real life. He uh, He's in the, the beer industry. So, um Run everybody through the beers that we consumed during this segment and, uh, you know, what was the impetus behind what's making them trendy? Yeah, no, great. Um, I didn't need you to buy me any time. I'm a professional and I was ready to go from the from the jump, my this friend. But what, no, this, that, is um, this is what I no, do. I, I, no, I appreciate the, the, uh, giving a little backstory, you know, so we are on our, our second segment of season six. Um and, and this is really, really like kind of already taking over season six is is trends. You know, we started off in se- uh, in segment one with the cigar of the year uh, cigars. We had a lot of fun. We got great feedback from everybody about like uh, kind of giving a platform for everybody to engage in what's new, what's trending right now um, via the, the cigar of the year. And so um, as we're kind of like going through a lot of the 2022 recaps in the beer industry, a lot of trend kind of conversation has come out of like what trends maybe started a little bit in 2022 that we think are going to progress into 2023. What, what new shiny thing is going to uh, entice people's interests uh, in, in the beer world uh, coming up. And so to, to Robbie's point, it is uh, part of what I do. And so this was kind of a continuation of that, you know, so we started off with the hottest beer trend in America today, which is the cold IPA. We talked a little bit about that, how that varies from um, an India pale lager um, and, and why that's more of a, of a, evolution of the west coast uh ipa you can go back and watch that show if you hadn't seen it uh we moved on from there to the italian pilsner um another one of the hotter trends going that people really think are gonna we're gonna see a ton of activity behind in 2023 is the fruited sour uh kettle sours gozas and whatnot 
Um, and and so what's uh, what's fun for for me on on that is you know kettle sour's been around for a while. We've even covered it on this show, but not so much as a trend. Like I said, you know, a lot of things will kind of show up on the scene. They'll be you know the the, the super in crowd is aware of them. And then sometimes they'll fizzle and just go away. And then sometimes they'll actually push through that like buzzworthiness of, of the in crowd, if you will, and, uh, and move more to the mainstream. And so uh, I was pretty excited that, you know, a lot of people are really um, identifying uh, Sours as moving to the mainstream. I talked a little bit about that last week when we uh, covered that on, on how uh, palettes are evolving in general and people are becoming more uh, accustomed and uh, kind of acclimated to, to acidity in general. And so tonight's episode uh, follows a similar trend. This is one of the oldest styles of beer, actually. And, you know, it just kind of shows the secular nature of trends and, uh, and of um, people's tastes in general as, as we kind of we force these trends through our consumer behaviors and, and, and our buying activity. And, you, you know, we all get excited about one thing and then we kind of go back to another, you know, and when I was, you know, uh, 11 years old, you know, it was, it was, you know, parachute pants. And then we went back to jeans, you know, <laughs> I didn't so, know where you were going with that. When I was, <laughs> when I was 11, I was, I, I didn't go with chocolate milk. I was chugging stouts. Like I, I didn't know where you were. But, that, but I, I do appreciate a good parachute pants reference, Randy. Um, oh, I, were, I did that you, just for you. That wasn't even yeah. for the audience. That was literally no, just for you. you got I, I might still have a pair around here somewhere. And frankly, I right haven't next, grown much since I was 12. I might yeah. still fit into them. Yeah, it's probably the same drawers as your Z Cavaricis. Um, all right, so um, <laughs> we had, we we talked a few years back, um, and, and and I know we've co- we've covered pastry stouts a little bit on the show. Um, matter of fact, I have one here that we actually did a few weeks back, just so we, we're clear about what we're talking about. You know, stouts have been around for a long time, and a few years back, uh, we saw a new trend in in the stout category where pastry stouts became all the rage and you know i i credit back to um to prairie's um uh bomb uh prairie prairie bomb uh, was a uh an imperial 12 percent stout that uses uh chocolate cocoa nibs and ancho chilies and you know that that was kind of an early one rogue uh, out of yeah, oregon was an early the, one the voodoo yeah the, the voodoo, voodoo donuts. donut beer yeah Yeah, that that was quite a while before the trend really kicked off but in the pack northwest uh there's this um, hyper uh popular uh, donut shop that does all these crazy uh, you know ingredients and colorful glazes and stuff on their donuts and so rogue did a collaboration with them and literally put sprinkles and pink donuts in the in the beer and came out in a in a wrapped pink bottle um i actually drank the brewery's bakery uh, here on the show not too long ago. This is a uh, imperial stout with boysenberry, cinnamon, natural vanilla flavors at 8.1%. Thank God this trend, Robbie, is starting to go away. <laughs> and, uh, and and traditional stouts are coming back. And I probably should have put a little bit more thought into how I said it because I, I, I know you, you kind of uh, vacillated a little bit on, on, on the show and on the live about, you know, and people were asking, you know, Imperial stouts are, are those included? How about an oatmeal stout? I like to say traditional stouts cover, uh, five stout categories. And it's, um, it's the, the going all the way back to Irish dry stout, you know, your, your classic Guinness, um, an oatmeal stout definitely would, uh, be included in that. An Imperial stout wouldn't be included in that. 
even to a lesser extent, and I know this almost feels like we're kind of right on, on the border, a sweet stout is a traditional stout that's been around for a long time where a little bit of lactose was added. But um, but again, that was kind of one of those early versions going into pastry stout. So just to be clear, and I know I read those ingredients off of the, the one that I drank here on the show, uh, pastry stout was named that. It, it, it was actually kind of a negative connotation when the term first came out. And, and it inferred that, you know, people were making stouts that were just too sweet. And then people started getting excited about them. And all of a sudden, people were lining up outside the brewery door for release day. And then and then all hell broke loose. And people started putting anything that you could think would ever be introduced into a dessert into a stout. We're talking maple syrup, sprinkles, cinnamon, cocoa puffs, Oreo cookies. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, literally the, the type of stuff that that, uh, that you know, In and Out Burger and or not In and Out Burger. I'm sorry, um, uh, Sonic Burger. You know, uh, it puts into their blizzards and their smoothies. Like that became you know the new most popular stout style. Um, so, but they're so so ridiculously sweet. There's this cloying sweetness. It's it, it sticks to the. Um, the to the roof of your mouth it, it's hard to actually enjoy any other uh consumable with it because it's just the sweetness overpowers everything um so as as i think we're starting to get some fatigue from that overly sweetness we've talked also as we've gone through these shows on this segment rob about uh about hot fatigue and about how we've we've watched from you know when we were all, were all getting into craft beer um, that brown ales were a major style that you found a lot that porters were made by almost every major brewery and you'd find them constantly in your grocery stores and and now you go into a grocery store and it's primarily nothing but pilsners and IPAs and uh, and you have to find like some specialty bottle shop to find just like a an amber ale or a red ale. Um, Cracker Jack Stout. Now there's a, a, a nice uh, little Chad's always in there for the, for the win. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. T- tying together all the inside jokes. I love it, Chad. Um, so as, we, as we've seen, um, you know, IPA completely dominate the, the landscape in such a major way that all multi-styles have just almost vanished from accessibility. We're starting to see a return. Um, of amber ales, of red ales, uh, and of porters and stouts. And so uh, that's why we're going to touch on this, just kind of go back to like how great just a traditional stout can be and, and how flavorful they are. Um, it, you know, I think you, I, I speak for both you and I, Robbie. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic style to pair with a cigar specifically. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so, so yeah, that, that, that's where we're at tonight. Beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's funny. Um, uh, There's so many when you start looking for stouts and just kind of cruising around, there's so many different styles. And and Randy pulled a little joke on us before because we like to give him crap. I do this all the time that, dude, you show up with the the wrong freaking pairing 95 percent of the time. And even when it's a pairing that you set like (laughs) Randy kind of Randy kind of spearheaded this this segment and he shows up today's and, and I'm just like, yeah, I got this stout locally and uh, Eric and Jordan, they found something. We'll get into that in a second. And then Randy's like, well, I've got seven beers. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no kidding. Like, you always have more than one drink, right? And then he starts showing us these beers, these seven beers, and none of them fit the freaking category for the show. And, like, steam started coming out of that. Ooh, that eclipse. That's good stuff right there, the vanilla coconut. 
Uh, but like literally steam is coming out of my ears. I'm starting to I'm starting to lose it a little bit. And then he was nice enough to say that he was joking. <laughs> Look at that can. Um, yeah, that's I, I got to say, this is a funny one. When I first saw this, I, I'm thinking, well, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen, right? Uh, Central Coast Brewing actually did a peanut butter beer. Everybody uh, not watching. I'm I'm holding a can that is literally a replica of a Skippy peanut butter jar. And it's called Peanut Butter Breakdown. It is a stout with Skippy peanut butter. And they made this once. Get this. You'll, you'll appreciate this, uh, Eric, as you've received more uh, cease and desist than any of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, nice. so they did this as a, as a one-time thing, and then they get a letter from Skippy. And, of course, they're ready to say, oh, it was a one-time thing. We'll never brew it again. We promise. But the letter was actually the opposite. And they said, we love that you did this. We would love to actually supply you with the peanut butter. As long as you put the logo on the label, we'll approve this going forward. Wow. And, and this has actually become one of Central Coast's top selling beers in in our market. It is a... It is a Friggin' Coca-Cola didn't do that with me. I can tell you that. No, no. <laughs> We, we we love that you you made uh, you made Topo Chico look like a cigar. We're totally on board. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Don't Not ever so do it again, though. <laughs> <laughs> We're flattered. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so anyhow, uh, yeah. If if you want to just re- real quick, Robbie, I uh, I will announce. So I'm going with a local uh, Imperial Stout from Faction Brewing Company. Uh, this is an eight point five percent stout. No adjuncts. No uh, additives. And I am uh, pairing that with the one and only Liga Pravada number nine. Mm, Beautiful, wow. good choice. Nice. Um, I am going. I you know I saw the uh, the faction beer uh, available when I made my purchase, but I thought for sure, pardon me, you would be uh, you would be drinking that one, so I skipped it. But that is a very good beer. Although, mm. I think do you have the nitro or the regular? Because there was I, the one that I saw was was not nitro. I think. I am I am drinking the nitro version. We can talk a little bit about nitrogenization. I, I just wanted you to say nitrogenated, baby. You know I love that. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going with uh, Federation Brewing uh, out of Oakland, California, with their Low Boy Stout. There we go. Look at that focus. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so these guys actually are in Jack London Square, very close to where my wife works, um, <clears throat> believe it or not. And I am smoking, very on brand today, Randy, Smoking the Tatuaje Jason out of, and this one is from the uh, uh, what the hell was the one they just released where it was everything the Monster Mash. So, this is the Monster Mash version. Uh, boys, what is going on in Colorado? What did you guys get your hands on? What are you smoking? We want to know. All right, let's go through this real quick. We're all uh, drinking the same beer. Um, this is a Jordan. Is this how do you say that Malpais stout? Do you know? Uh, no. <laughs> it's uh, it's from a well here. Here's the problem, Randy. I don't know if the what the name of the brewery is or the stout, but it's like M A L. They're out of New Mexico, right? P A I S stout Malpais stout. Um, it's a New Mexico uh brewery. Cum. Cumbre? La cumbre. La cumbre. La cumbre. Um, La cumbre. It's 7.3%. Um, so that's what we're all drinking. It says they won a couple silver medals at Great American Beer Fest. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Oh, I have a extremely aged uh, Drew Estate UF4. 
So oh, I'm kind wow. of nice. I'm kind of in the same uh, realm as Randall is with cigars. Uh, Jordan, what did you go with? Uh, I went with the new the new new Agnarsa Leaf uh, Rare Leaf Maduro. Uh, this is not this is not the fusion one from Smoke In, but this is just the Maduro version of the original Rare Leaf San Andreas wrapper Esteli and Jalapa Pillas. All right, Maddie, what did you go with tonight? I went with the Don, Don Pepin Garcia Blue original. Oh, there you go. Uh, B Tamps, what are you smoking with your stout? I am smoking the. Uh... Black Diamond, Diamond Crown. Oh, there we go. Okay, boys, that's what we got here in the studio. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and I'll say because I, I looked up the La Cumbre um, stout that you guys are drinking, which is um, this is perfect. It is a, a classic, uh, traditional stout. Um, there's no uh, extra ingredients that, nope. that you wouldn't normally find in, in a stout. Um, but I love that they say that that it's uh, a meal in a glass. You know, this is one of those styles, Robbie always made me think of um you know in europe they they literally call beer liquid bread you know and and there's so much you know and i'm i'm overly romantic probably about it and the ingredients that go into into beer are so similar to bread there is so much to say uh about you know the, the yeast fermentation the grain base of it um but you know We'll talk a little bit about like what drives the flavor of stout, really how it differentiates. I know we've talked before about the differences between uh, porter and stout, um, as the original name for a stout actually was a por- uh, a stout porter, um, because I guess I'll I'll just roll into it. Huh? May, may um, as well, yeah. <laughs> so um, so the, uh, a porter, uh, which which was the original dark style after uh, kilning came, came to be, you know, and if you, if you go all the way back, um, all all beers were um, dark in color. They were all smoky um, as the uh, drum kiln hadn't been invented and using hot air to kiln dry the, the grains didn't exist. So they had to actually use um, a fire heat source, which created a smokiness in basically all beer that existed. So, um, so you know, we once the kiln um, came out, uh, that's when Pilsner or Quell came out, right? In the 1800s, all of a sudden we had this new technology and now you could dry grain and make a golden beverage that was you know, beautiful and clear and you could see through beer for the first time in, uh, in the history of the world. And it ac- actually, you know, the glass industry draws back to that as a major thing. And that, that's why there was a ceramic um, mugs that were so common because there was nothing beautiful to look at. Um, but once golden beer came out, that became the, the new norm. And it wasn't until uh, much later in England that people started realizing that you can now use the same technology to, to um, kiln even darker and even get to a roasty characteristic with, with the grain without creating a smokiness. And so a uh, porter was actually the, um, the, in the shipyards in England, a porter was the guy that worked on the, the docks and helped, you know, the, the boats come to dock and tie up and, and whatnot. And so it was thought of as like, it was a very blue collar, you know, it's cold, you're wet, kind, kind of gritty uh, type job. And you wanted something with a, with a little bit more, Umph to it, a little bit more texture to it, something that that stuck to you, um, and, and, you know, warmed you a little bit uh, after a, a full shift out, out on the docks, and then, um, and then they, they decided we can keep making this darker and more roasty and stronger, and so uh, the the stout porter 
was a, the first name of stouts and then eventually they just dropped the porter and then you had two styles so a porter is going to have those black malts and some chocolate malts so you're going to have some chocolateness what you should never have in a porter is roasted characters so roasted comes across more as like you know think more coffee espresso just on the verge of smoky without actual like smoke character to it um so so that that darker roast character is really how we differentiate stout from porter and then the texture of the the beer is also a big factor there you know you're you're getting um, when you roast the malts at, at those higher temperatures, you actually um, create longer chain sugars that can't ferment out. And so you're left with more residual sugar. So a, a thicker, richer texture on the palate, uh, more residual sugar. So literally slightly sweeter. You still have some of those uh, chocolate characteristics that really uh, correspond and, and harmonize, if you will, with the uh, with, with those espresso and 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 uh, more charred uh, and coffee like character. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, then, you know, and it's not just about the dark malts. That's what's beautiful about stouts is is you're also adding caramel malts. And well, well, we talk more about caramel malts when you're talking about a red ale or an amber ale that add this caramel sweetness. Um, well, that is sometimes overlooked in a stout. There's virtually always crystal and caramel malts used as well that are adding these like other layers of complexity that don't necessarily like draw your attention to them and stand out as a prominent characteristic, but again, kind of a layered nuance, just giving um, more of that toffee. You know, when you when you mix the chocolate with the sweet caramel, you end up with more of this like um, peanut brittle and toffee characteristic that is kind of a little bit more subdued underneath some of those chocolate and, and espresso and, and roasted characteristics. But they're they're very much there. And the more you pay attention when you're drinking uh, a well-made stout, you'll find that there's. Uh, similarly to a good cigar with the transitions that we talk about is a more times you drink it you know you might start picking up other nuanced characteristics and, and flavor components that you didn't notice uh right away and as you acclimate to some of that roastiness and that you know kind of takes a back seat at, at first that's usually the first thing that people get is that espresso and that roastiness um but as you acclimate to it then all of a sudden those more nuanced flavors start appearing uh kind of as you go through the process and so uh, again why i think it's such a great uh, style of beer to smoke with a, a cigar like the Liga Pravada here that that also has some of those espresso notes has some of that peppery characteristic it has some sweetness some earthiness um, and so you're getting these just varied complexities uh, as you smoke through and drink through the beverage you know it's it's just a it's such an amazing pairing it's it's, it's a no-brainer to me man you know I've gotten through you know, the bulk of all of our seasons without talking to, to the care, to the audience while I was muted. Um, I broke that Darn streak it. today and then, you, <laughs> and then you blew it. <clears throat> and then, and then I just, and then I broke the streak. Uh, no, Randy, I, I, I like all those things that you said. Yeah. I mean, um, there's, there's a lot to, to say, uh, about, um, about this style. Uh, I think there's a reason there's kind of a reason that we haven't. I mean, we've we've featured stouts a few times, but we haven't gone. Uh, uh, we haven't really gone over the top with it um, because it's almost. It's kind of like like a straight rum pairing or a coffee pairing. It's kind of a no brainer, right? Like right. that was that was one of the things. And I know you just said that, but that was one of the things that I was saying 
during the live on Monday was this this show is almost as tough as last week. Last week was really tough with the uh, with the kettle sour because it's fruit, it's tart. Finding something that's going to work um, is is going to be difficult. This is a super easy pairing, but how do you make it a little bit different? How do you how do you uh, find a pairing that's not just your basic kinetic or your basic uh, your basic Maduro? Um, that's the hard part. Like looking through my humidor, I mean, there were so many different things uh, to choose from. I mean, pretty much anything with a dark wrapper is going to pair really, really well with the stout. Just about anything, right? Whether it's infused cigars would have been kind of fun. I didn't have any in my humidor. I thought about doing that, uh, especially since there's no flavor additives uh, to these beers that we're drinking today. I think something that was infused might have been kind of fun. Um, sure. <clears throat> like a, a, a what's the what's the Drew Estate one that's coffee? Why can't I think of it? I'd smoke them every morning Tobac. when I was in. Yeah, the tobacco, something like that would have been kind of fun, right? To 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 bring some to introduce a little bit of sweetness in there. Um, I ended up like as. It. Yeah, it would have been cool, but I don't have any. That's the, the problem. Um, I went with, as I said, the uh, the Jason from Tatuai, Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper, Nicaraguan Binder and Filler. Uh, this is the, um, as I said, this is the Monster Mash version, which is based on the, uh, the JV-13, which came out in 2013. Uh, but there's been like what, five or six different iterations of this, the pudgy monsters, skinny monsters, all those different ones. Um, this was, uh, this one came out or it wasn't included in the, uh, the, the little monsters. I think this came out before, I don't know, but it wasn't included. In the I think it was after box. that. Um, anyway, um, this one came out after that. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, but this particular iteration, this funny, I didn't like the cigar when it first came out. It had, and I would, I always buy a box of the the Tatuaje monsters. I buy them blind. I just because it's it's me. It's it's on brand. Um, but uh, I did not like the cigar when it first came out. It had this for me. It had a really strong peaty kind of flavor to it. I know that that's not your bag at all, Randy. Like it was a peated had like a peated Scotch burnt rubber fire mm. campfire thing going that I just did not like. And it was in the first two or three cigars that I smoked. And then I remember I traded a bunch of them away because like yeah, I'm never gonna like this. And then um, I smoked it like a year later. Two years later, it was a 96. Exactly. It really was. I mean, <laughs> uh, like two years later, we're like, holy crap, this was my favorite. This is my favorite one. And now whenever I get a chance to, to grab some, I always do. And these different iterations have uh, not been quite the same. Uh, but this, this one specifically, and I don't know what the uh, – I'll have to look up the size on this one. But uh, this one from the Monster Mash specifically reminds me the most of the original. Let me see if I can. There it is. There it is. Uh, you know, this is not yet. Not yet. Uh, oh, it's a six uh, six by fifty two. So, I think a slightly bigger ring gauge than uh, some of the others that are offered. This is probably the biggest ring gauge that's been available in, uh, if uh, I think about it. But it's got a lot of those flavors that I wanted to incorporate in the pairing. It's got some chocolate. <clears throat> it's got some uh, like a heavy. To me, I get a heavy black pepper with a red pepper heat. Uh, on the retro hill, which to me is the the main thing that I really wanted to bring to this. I didn't want to go a lot sweet. I wanted to go with more spice to uh, to go with this Federation Brewing Stout, which is uh, it doesn't say on the can, but it it is a um, oh crap! What was the thing I asked you about, Randy? What's the oatmeal uh, stouts? Oatmeal stout. Thank you. Now oatmeal, we've talked about. That's more mouthfeel. It's not going to give you any flavor or anything like that uh, for reasons that I think you probably just explained, but. It's more on the dry side, roasty, 
coffee flavors. There's a little bit of uh, like a chocolate powder more than mm, like a nice. creamy chocolate coming from the beer. So there's a little bit of sweetness, but not much. But I just didn't feel like going that direction. Uh, so I went with uh, this Jason. More earth, heavy on the spice, uh, that bright red pepper on the retro hail. Um, that really worked for me. And there's kind of a nutty characteristic in there as well, which which uh, marinates nicely with the flavors from this. And I like the way that you talked about the stout specifically because uh, the way that the flavors kind of evolve as you're drinking it. And this is a kind of beer that you tend to drink a little bit slower, at least I do. And no matter how what temperature it's served at, it's going to warm up a little bit as you're drinking it. As it warms up, I feel like some of those flavors open up, and that's when you start to get into some of the nuance of the beer, uh, which to me is why like the same. I'm repeating a lot of things that you're saying because, like, when it comes to beer, you and I are we're, we're pretty uh, much in lockstep when it comes to the styles that we like. But it just opens up and gets you get into those uh, you get into that that deeper level of nuance uh, for these beers, especially when they do uh, do warm up a little bit. I actually have uh, a backup beer that's been uh, out of the fridge for a while, so I'm hoping by the time I pour it, it'll be about the same temp as what's in here. Uh, but so far, so good. I'm really enjoying the pairing. Uh, the beer is a lot of fun. I'm glad that you picked just a regular stout because, like you said, there were there's been years where it's it's barrel aged. It's, uh, you know, barrel aged with freaking syrup or, uh, you know, they're, you know, dunking Twinkies in there or whatever the hell they're doing. And I mean, I think I like that stuff better than you do, but I don't need 16 ounces of it. I mean, I'll do if I see that on the on the menu at my local spot and I want to try it. I do like a I'll go the smallest pour you've got. We got three ounce pour. Boom. That's perfect. Cause that just, sure. I get to taste a little bit of it. I don't get full off of it. It doesn't destroy my palate. And it's just the last beer that I have before, you know, we move on, go to dinner or whatever the case may be. So, uh, I'm glad that we're going with a kind of a basic back to the roots stout. So Can we go with traditional over basic, please. Ooh. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's just like, that's no, that's the diff. That's perfect. That's the difference between, uh, cheap and, uh, what was inexpensive. Like, inexpensive yeah you don't want it it's cheap is not good inexpensive is great we had a comment a a little ways back but mike wright wanted to know um so if uh beer in a a bourbon barrel aged uh stouts does that count as an extra additive like why is that included in the style that we're doing what or why would it not be yeah i i mean because it's not an ingredient per se it's absolutely a flavor additive right you're not only getting the char characteristic potentially from from the barrel you're getting some oak you're getting some vanillins that are that are being leached from the oak specifically but in more times than not when you know a lot of breweries really lean into that bourbon characteristic you know when when breweries pick these barrels up they're still not only wet there could be a gallon of bourbon still sloshing around in that big old thing. And as they add the, the beer to it, it, it'll add a percent or so of uh, ABV to the final product. And you'll definitely pick up a bourbon. It becomes like a bourbon infused stout uh, in, in most cases. Which yeah, and to be actually, oh, Rob, reminds me of something. That's right, Dojo! Flavor Odyssey is taking you back to our roots, our origins. Hell, we're going old school and taking you back to some of the best beer pairings we're excited about today! With all new school beer styles in our newest segment, 
beer trends. Now, whether we are sipping on a high-octane, barrel-proof spirit, neat, shotgunning Montucky cold snacks, sipping tea, or mixing up some mocktails, you know that we will be pairing with world-class cigars from our friends at Smoke In. Smoke In consistently strives to offer cigar enthusiasts the best possible buying experience. This includes industry-leading customer service, fast and affordable shipping, consistently affordable pricing, and access to the most sought-after cigars on the market. Smoke In's knowledgeable staff is ready and waiting to aid you in your quest of finding the perfect cigar. So check out any one of their 11 brick-and-mortar locations or find them at SmokeIn.com. But the truth is, cigars and beverages aside, we would not be able to be here with you each week if it wasn't for the incomparable support of our show sponsor, Drew Estate Cigars. Drew Estate, the brand that brings you some of the most delicious tasting cigars in all the world and has a portfolio that covers a full spectrum of flavor so much so, they have a cigar for every smoker and every occasion. Please, support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate and ask for them at a brick and mortar near you. Nice. I, I love the intense look you give the camera when you're done reading. I've noticed you don't always do that, but they, I can tell like when it's it's a hot read for you, and you're just like, Ugh. you know, you give you give it like a little you give it like a little Popeye right at the end. I love that. Nice, I love nice. that. Yeah, well, um, we were on so, set to roll, so, so sorry, I kind of cut you off there. I had to get it out of the way. So, but but please it, it, continue. It's all good. I don't remember what I was going to say, but I do okay. want to tell the audience, remind the audience that, uh, you know, if you're out there, you're following along, go ahead and go with hashtag pairing. I always forget to do this. <laughs> yes. Eric reminds you guys. You. Um, but I have the comments on my screen today, so I reminded that you guys all kind of reminded me that I need to tell you to do this. Uh, but go ahead and uh, put hashtag pairing and tell us what you're uh, drinking and smoking. Give us uh, some background. Even if you're doing a totally different pairing, tell us anyway. Uh, and uh, give us some background on what it is that you're, uh, what you're pairing, what your experience is like. Thumbs up, thumbs down, all that good stuff. Uh, it's funny. So earlier in the show, somebody made a joke about a Cracker Jack Stout. And I saw a stout in... I can't remember which store I was in. Maybe it was a Total Wine or something. And it was like, it was a peanut toffee something mm. kind of stout. And I was like, it reminded me of, don't do it, Jordan. It reminded oh, me of. Oh, I was uh, just about to do it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> of, of Cracker Jacks, because that's, that's my favorite part of the Cracker Jacks. And I love baseball, so you know I'm 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 a big Cracker Jack guy. But the peanuts that are at the bottom of the Cracker Jack mm, box are like yeah. the best, yeah. super sweet, you, super you salty, like the brittle, like all the little like shell yeah, crumbles yeah. right there. So it's super intense. That's the, that's the best. But you know, it's what, it's funny that you should go over that though, because Cracker Jacks has been in the. News <laughs> it's been a hot topic. I, I almost has. bought. Do you remember, do you remember Hot Topic store? Is that still around? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good for them. But I almost bought it, even though it was totally off topic. I think it uh, became it's, a uh, Something like that. But it's it's topical because what is the beef about freaking Cracker Jacks? Because I, I must have missed it. No. God, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> should should I not have, up, should, should I should I not have brought this up? Is this a is this just for subject? I I've tried to avoid talking about this on all, any of our shows. 
um, since oh, the, the great snack battle that we had a few weeks back. Because Abe from Smoke In, he's there's he can't. It's like it's you know like do you have you ever had like a friend that like is a drunk friend and when he gets drunk he gets on a loop and he can't like stop saying the same thing over and over yeah. and over again. Like Jack is or, or not Jack. Abe is stuck on this <laughs> cracker jack on this cracker jack thing as if as if Randy as if it was our number one seed in that show. It wasn't our number. In fact, that. Cracker Jacks wouldn't have even made it into our bracket if it wasn't for the audience voting That's, it in. I was as just a, about to say, it's like, does he not realize that that was like the that was the wild card? Do we need to explain that the for people that just watch this show? All right, so that, so we so we had the great snack uh, battle, and there were sixteen snacks, and Cracker Jacks had to make it in in an audience vote. They were up against I don't know corn nuts and. Uh, do, you, do you have the uh, the image, a couple other? Uh, the, couple Jordan, other can, can we show the the bracket the you bracket available is it, is, yeah. it, is it available oh i could get it if uh you guys keep talking so anyways it, so it was basically robbie it was basically cracker jacks ended up being like a 16 seed and it it, it, it was instantly it instantly lost it was like the yeah. very first snack to get Eliminated to, from to, the to tournament. Eliminated yeah. from the tournament. <laughs> but for some reason, Abe was so mad that we had Cracker Jacks in our bracket. Like he just couldn't let it go. So he was like, Here, "All right, here's here's the bracket. Um, if you can see there, uh, uh, obviously uh, Doritos and, Jackson, and right. uh, <clears throat> yeah. beef jerky made it to the championship. Beef jerky won. But there you go, top right. Cracker Jacks went up against Cheetos. Lost instantly. It was like to me, it was like no big deal, right? Robbie, this is sort of like in the in the in the six in the March Madness sixty four tournament when like right. Our Lady of Fatima is like the sixty fourth <laughs> seed. You know, nobody could care. Nobody any nobody could care possibly less about Our Lady of Fatima, and the, it, Kansas has already won the tournament like two weeks later, and Abe is still talking about Our Lady of Fatima. It's, <laughs> it's literally got out in the first round. So so Robbie, here's the funny part. Abe is like, because we mentioned, like, we were trying to get across the idea of what the snack battle was. And we were like, these are the things that you might find at a gas station, right? We just, It was a kind of an offhanded comment. Well, Abe took that, like, super literal, like, oh, okay, so it has to be in a gas station, blah, blah, blah. And he was just ripping on me, ripping on me, ripping on me the entire time. And I'm trying to keep my cool. I'm not saying a word to Abe, because I love Abe, but he's just ripping on me and ripping on me. So he Abe does a live, Robbie. He does a live where he walks into his own gas station at his nearest house and he walks through his daughter, his beautiful daughter's filming him. And it's really funny. It's a funny video. He walks through the chip aisle. He's like, uh, no Cracker Jacks. And then he walks up to the, finally he walks up to the guy um, that owns the store, like a, a clerk who's working at the store. And he's like, do you guys have Cracker Jacks? And the clerk's like, I don't even know what that is. We don't have Cracker Jacks. And so, like, he's, oh, I made my points. There you go, Eric. No Cracker Jacks. Well, leave it to Coop. Coop. As, as Abe is walking <laughs> through the chip aisle in the video, Coop does a freeze frame, and nice, Cracker Jacks Coop. is literally on the shelf. He just didn't notice it. It's literally on the shelf right in front of him. So, uh, and, and, of course, you know, Abe cannot d admit defeat. He cannot admit defeat. He still rips on me somehow. Somehow he turns that into a victory for himself. Like, yeah. oh, Cracker Jacks is super low on the shelf there. I, I would have never <laughs> known. Like, um, but anyways, it, 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 that has been – and by the way, since then, literally anybody who walks into a gas station, Robbie, anybody, 
pretty much anybody other than Hector, because he walked into a Miami gas station, which is basically like being in Central America. They don't have anything that is the same as us. But anybody who's walked into a gas station, boom, there's Cracker Jacks. So I, I was, I'm going to submit to everybody tonight that we start a, I don't know, maybe a GoFundMe or something. Um, I would like to see, and I, however much money we could raise, $10,000, $20,000, I don't know what it is. It, Abe, I'm asking you right now, if we raise enough money, and it can go to your favorite charity, Abe, will you get a Cracker Jacks tramp stamp? That's what I'm trying to yes! find Is If Abe will get, it, I think it's the time that Abe finally, you know, gives it up <laughs> and gets the Cracker Jack tramp stamp. That <laughs> is I think that that, that is intense, man. Is what Please everybody wants. Everybody wants to see that Bingo the dog and oh, Sailor Bingo, Jack. That was his name. Is on Abe's back. So that's that's oh, what I submit that. to you, boys. We make this. That was amazing. Up one more time. I think we can make this. Happen. Yeah, I, I think I, we can I get Abe. I think <laughs> Abe needs to change his social media profile to that picture of nothing else. <laughs> I would be, I would be, you know what, Randy? I would actually, I would, I would, I would be satisfied with that. Yeah, I would be satisfied with that. Anyways, that's, that's the Cracker Jack story in a nutshell. Here's a nutshell. In a nutshell. You get that? Here's, that, here's part I, I gotta, just got to throw in one more little wrinkle, and it's a much more minor wrinkle, but I couldn't help but notice, like, the the snack that he argued why he was so offended about cracker jacks is because of the omission of a snack called a combo are you familiar with combos robbie uh i i think they come in a bag yeah i, I thought you were gonna say bugles because like no no bugles like, are a nationally distributed item combos combos feel to me like they a very of, regional item like i've never seen do they kind of look like dog treats yes yes they do yes that's exactly so, what they look like yeah. and, and so i've seen like. them i've never i've never had them because i always thought they looked like dog treats yeah they do look like dog treats and i've never seen them here on the west coast anywhere and, and they wouldn't that have made was like, it out of the first round. We can no, it wouldn't, be sure it wouldn't have. But but it was no. just funny to me that like uh, that he chose this super like off the beaten path, not very like well known, not even nationally distributed brand. That there's just like, well, this should have been on there well before Cracker Jacks. <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? Cracker Jacks like an, an American staple of the snack industry. Man. But yeah, I uh, Randy, the other you just yesterday. Uh, somebody on the the smoke in socialite Facebook group was like, "What's what is this all this craze about Cracker Jacks? Why is everybody talking about Cracker Jacks?" And and then some guy responds, and he's like, "Oh, you didn't see? Dojo voted Cracker Jacks the number one snack in the world, and it oh, it, it drove Abe crazy." And I was like, "Literally what are you knocked about? out in the first round." <laughs> it was, Voted out in the first fifteen seconds of the show. That, in 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 That's in kind hilarious. of a nutshell, that that really illustrates <laughs> what's wrong with uh, with like the world today. <laughs> yes, exactly. We love it's, you, Abe. Uh, we, we love you, uh, Abe. But uh, no, I'm not directed that at Abe. But it's more directed at the the fact that somebody's like, oh yeah, they said it was the best thing ever created on the face of this planet, like the best food ever. It's like no, yeah. it's not no we just said it existed. The truth. Yeah. Also, this whole thing. Yeah. We just acknowledged it. That was it. 
<laughs> we waved. This whole thing, we today. found out they Let's have go. Cracker Jills as well, and they have nuts in the in, in the bag. It was a great opportunity, Cracker Jacks. Come on. Yeah, that was that doing? was the best punchline that came out of this whole thing. Is I saw, uh, I think it was Fred Rui that said he was highly disappointed when he found out there was such a thing as Cracker Jills, but they still had nuts. <laughs> Missed opportunity, guys. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. All, All right. right. I love I love that, that Coop did the freeze frame. That is oh, oh, yeah. that was Coop that was is, Robbie, that, that was, was journalism literally the right best journalisming <laughs> that Coop has ever done in his entire life, and it was frigging genius. It was genius. Uh, and if Coop found it, it's there because that dude's got integrity. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, it, it drive. That's Coop is the best. Um, all right, let's get back to. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's get back to Stouts, Randy. There's a mute button that I didn't <laughs> use there. Sorry about that. Uh, since he is going full Coop, the matter he gets, the higher he goes. <laughs> That's, that's true. That's true. I, 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 I apologize. I got a little. I got a little fired up. But but Robbie, let me help you bring it. Let me help you bring it, yeah, uh, it. down. Um, Stop it, Jordan. <laughs> let me let me help you bring it down, uh, Robbie. Robbie, this is a perfect example. Of this Drew Estate UF four, uh, Unico UF four, a perfect example of a cigar that is aged out. Ooh. Um, oh, really? It's, it's good. It's good. But it's it has lost all the fun uh, that you expect with the UF4, and I've had this in my humidor for maybe like seven, possibly eight years. Um, and I know, I know, Robbie, we talk about this a lot. Like, you know, like how how long is too long? What's just the right amount of age? Blah blah blah. This this is one of those rare examples where I can just instantly tell, like, uh, it's it's just aged out. The the flavor, the fun of it is kind of gone. Uh, beer's great, um, but Robbie, this the cigar's aged out. I, it, describing in that way too, the fun of it is gone. Is a perfect way to talk about anything that's that's aged out. Um, you know, like a, a beer. If you have you have a, a barrel aged beer that you you mm-hmm. had some, was supposed to have uh, coffee in it, and you taste it later, and it's like, man, I barely taste the coffee. Like oh, the fun of it is gone. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, that's again, that's why we need to start doing more of those. Uh, Unicorn killer episodes, man, because I, I think uh, I don't know if, if that if the UFO really falls into that category. But I, I, to me, a unicorn is anything that you've been aging in your humidor and you wanted to smoke for a while. So, um, man, I haven't had a UF four in a minute. Are they still making that one? I think so. Yeah, I think it's like it comes a, out with on occasion. Once a year yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I haven't had one of those in a minute. Um, what I need to get my hands on is some more of those L forties because that's oh that's been my jam since the beginning. I love the L forty. That's a good one. And I haven't seen the feral flying pig around in a long time. Do they, they make that anymore? I've never, I think so, yeah. And I, I, love this, I love the UF4, so don't get me wrong. If oh, yeah. No, it's show, a great cigar, yeah. It's it's a fantastic cigar, but seven, eight years just might be too much. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. That's funny. I was thinking yep. I was thinking about the, uh, the, uh, the flying pigs the other day. I had a memory pop up on Facebook from a 2015 uh, Cigar Federation trip we did, uh, Safari trip we did. And this was uh, this was an epic. It's just an epic trip. Um, I can't even remember all the people that were on it, but it was just it was epic, and we had a blast. And I had the picture that popped up was the rolling table of all these uh, uh, feral flying pigs. And I'm just looking at those. I'm like, God, I'll look at those cigars. I mean, by now, those are probably that's eight years ago. Those cigars have aged out, I would imagine. But uh, that was such a great trip. And it reminded me, I haven't smoked that cigar in. 
I, I, I need to come up with another way to say that. Uh, it's uh, it, it brought to mind that I haven't there smoked a cigar nice. in, in, uh, in a very long time. Uh, anyway, nice. let's uh, let's get back to this. Uh, Randy, uh, real quick, Robbie, Robbie, bit. can oh. you just Robbie, can you, you and Randy yeah. um, both just remind the audience you're pairing? Well, me and yep. Jordan will get the polls uh, up while uh, you're talking. Yep. Um, Beauty. So go ahead and just kind of remind folks what you guys got. All right. Uh, oh, Randy, you seem to be looking around, so I'll do mine. I am drinking the uh, Low Boy Stout from Federation Brewing here in Oakland. Come on, focus, baby. I don't know why my camera. I just, I'm just there. Oh, oh I had it for a second. I'm just not good at this. Um, but this is the Low Boy Stout from Federation Brewing, Oakland, California. It is a uh, an oatmeal stout. Very, very tasty. Very dark in color and kind of a thin little... Oh, there we go. Now we're focusing. Uh, not from Hen House Brewing, by the way. Uh, a thin little uh, caramel-colored uh, head on top of that. And I am about halfway through a fantastic Tatuaje Jason uh, circa 2019. Is that when these came out? Mm, there you 20, go. 20, 21, something. Something like that. 20-something, who knows, uh, from the Monster Mash. It's a 6x52, Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, Nicaraguan binders and fillers, and uh, it's absolutely delicious, Randy. What are you you pairing again? I am drinking the Faction Imperial Stout. This is a nitrogenated version, Um, and so let me just hit on that real quick. This is 8.5% alcohol. Um, you know, as we, as we talked about the traditional stouts, you know, uh, texture is a huge part of it, you know, and, and one, one of my favorite terms I had heard of, uh, stout was actually one of the first, uh, styles I ever brewed as a home brewer as well. Um, and someone told me, you know, we, we should, we should make a, a version that, uh, that pours like motor oil and has that viscosity that like it, it without it being sweet and heavy but but really like luscious and silky in texture and so nitrogenating a beer instead of carbonating a beer you can force nitrogen gas through which does not saturate into into the solution um and and so you don't it's not as gassy it's not as like effervescent and and, uh vibrant on the palate It, it it carries that smoothness um not totally dissimilar to what you're experiencing uh with your oatmeal stout um, but again, uh, th- this has, uh, English Maris Otter, uh, base malt, which, you know, c- conversely to the two row that you'd find for American style IPA, uh, that's just very bready and, um, kind of more neutral in flavor. The Maris Otter has some, some of that, like kind of deeper, richer, um, more full bodied, uh, characteristics as well as some caramel malts. Uh, to add some layers, I and that I am pairing with the Liga Privada Number Nine, uh, which is very earthy, very espresso-like. It's got some great uh, black pepper notes to it, a huge cabinet spice uh, characteristic of cinnamon. Um, so it, honestly, it's kind of ironic, uh, you know, for my pairing. Uh, I've added a lot of that cinnamon and chocolate and biscuity and caramel notes that that the pastry stout tries to incorporate, but I'm able to like pair those in two different elements to where, you know, it's not overpowering. 
the palette. I mean, I mean, I'm, the intensity is is right on on par. I think um, you know a little bit of acidity comes from carbonation as well. You got carbonic acid actually um, cap, uh, trapped in the uh, carbon dioxide gas, and so this this stays more um, to that chocolate side of things instead of being brighter. I didn't want this to be bright. I wanted it to like stay with that earthiness of the cigar. Um, so the, so the pairing is going fantastic for, for me overall, but I, I do got to give a sh shot back out to you on, on your descriptors. Uh, when we were talking about the style in, in general, uh, Rob, as I, as I had talked about your palate acclimating to some of those more intense uh, notes, you, you brought up a, a, a tremendous point that is true in tremendous. all beer tremendous point that like is true true in all beer uh consumption but is um almost a, a more exaggerated with stouts is as a beer warms um flavor components are able to be released from solution and and become part of the aromatics of the beer in a more significant way like the the, the temperature of liquid literally traps um, uh, aromatics in the solution of, of the liquid and they become free to to the atmosphere as as the beer warms and so um you 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 hit the nail on the head there as you go through it and, and a lot of people and just because i've been asked so many times over my life as a beer judge you know what temperature do you like your beer you know when people really want to geek out and they find out i'm a beer judge and i must do everything perfectly which isn't true um but that being said like that's for you, sure. know, you know <laughs> yeah, um the uh the you know, and you'll even see some beers will give you a recommended temperature that they recommend that you you drink their their beer. My personal, in my experience, the same way that we talk about transitions with beer, I want to go through those transitions. I feel the same way. I'm sorry, with, with cigars, you we have those transitions. Um, you have the transition opportunity with beer as well. So I like to start drinking my beer a little bit colder and allow it to warm in my presence and allow those flavors to like reveal themselves to me from randy you've never go. ever in your life waited for a beer to warm up <laughs> <laughs> no no don't no, no you're mistaken he's don't he lie. waits for the don't he, it's just like on the show he's got his pairing but he's got his his like side piece <laughs> yes, so and that's like, so if he's if he's drinking a, a stout he's got at least Maybe an IPA on the side. <laughs> Maybe he's got like a little lager or two on the side. See? That's side the IPA right there. <laughs> this is a pure rye right here. Yeah. So, so he, so Chico. I'll, I'll give, I will give him that credit that he does wait for it to, uh, he will wait for it to warm up. But I, yeah, I, like, I don't wait so much as it just takes you that long to go through all four beers just, that I'm yeah, drinking simultaneously. You just, <laughs> you're strategic in the way that you plan your consumption. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I will uh, I will appreciate that. One thing I will say is um, you you basically called yourself a hypocrite, but gave yourself credit for it at the beginning of that when you said that basically this cigar and this beer pairing is turning into this this uh, pastry stout. Uh -huh. That I, I all I did was say how much I hate it, but man, this tastes good. I don't know that that, that to me was funny. But you're you're right in the in the way that you're you're kind of controlling the level exactly. of uh, of sweetness that gets in there. I just wanted right. to give you a hard right. time for that. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been this is good. I think our our cigars are kind of similar. 
in yeah. uh, in the flavor profile that they're they're giving. I think you get a little bit more on the earth, and you probably mm. get some more dark chocolate than I do. Yep. Uh, I get a little bit more of a milk chocolate vibe from this, but I get a much more pepper spice. Mm. I, I think out of this one than, that, than you're getting that out Jason of that. Is a, is a, it is a broadleaf as well, right? Yeah. 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 All right, boys. We're, before we we're, before we're we get your thumbs up, thumbs experience. down, uh, let's do some mm. audience pairings. Audience pairings, and boys. Let's see how our audience did tonight. Uh, let's see here. We got Tanner Cole going with one of my favorite stout pairings, uh, Fausto with Big Bad Baptist mm. and mm. Beach Cat Irish Stout, adding some spice. Uh, it's a cabinet and black pepper spice, which easily complements the adjuncts in Big Bad Baptist, but that also pairs well with the dry, dark chocolate notes of the dry Irish stout. Somehow the uh, the crowler of stout from $5 Ranch I expected to drink for the show disappeared from my fridge. I'm, I don't know. I'm still reading this. Uh, <laughs> Tanner, going on I, did, too long there. This feels uh, more like a note see, to the producer than... Chad, I think this is Chad GPT. Yeah. <laughs> Did you did you did you all notice the look on Randy's face when he said adjuncts? Because <laughs> it was but in air quotes, you know. Like, it, uh-huh. do you remember like this? Uh-huh. I'm gonna date myself here, but the old like bitter beer face, those commercials mm. from way back in the day oh, yeah. before oh, yeah, bit, yeah. before bitter was a good thing, and the right. guy's face would like suck into itself. Uh-huh. That was how, that was exactly how you looked, Randy. You look like the bitter beer face guy. Um, and I will I do one other thing I wanted to comment uh, that, that I think about old beer commercials, even though this is still relatively current. But that's why they want you to drink your Coors Light when the mountains are blue. That's right. So you don't actually taste, taste it. Taste as cold as the Rocky Mountains. Oh, Kevin O'Connor, thing. he's pairing Founders Breakfast Stout and a Tatuaje Escasos. Uh, notes of cream, honey, molasses, coffee, cinnamon spice, and buttered toast. Yeah. The cream and honey from the cigar meshed well with the sweet coffee flavors of the beer. Good. Nice. Kevin Just way to sum it up Russian. and not talk about all the what the family's doing and stuff. <laughs> Good job, kid. Uh, <laughs> Joe Machado, he's got a Boulevard Whiskey Barrel Imperial Stout with Dogma 10th Anniversary. Ooh. Creamy chocolate coffee mm-hmm. crescendo. Hey, if Randy – oh, see, he's t- talking about other stuff too. Uh, okay. Um, if Randy gets straight from the plan, so can I. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, might, that might be a winner right there. <laughs> Brandy can stray from the plant soaking. Yeah, you're right. Thumbs up. Uh, That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Somebody write that down. <laughs> Somebody, one of you audience guys needs to keep track of all our t-shirt yeah, ideas because yeah. one day we might want to use them. Yeah. Uh, Toan Smith's parent, uh, he's got Allagash North Sky Stout with a Bishop Blend uh, Black Label Trading Company. Mm. Uh, some notes mm. of fruit and sweetness finished with malt roastiness to finish. Nice. nice. That's nice. Bishop's Blend's a good choice. Oh, freaking yes. love that cigar, man. Stephen mm-hmm. Moses got JFR uh, XT Corojo with Old Rasputin Imperial Stout, mm-hmm. getting some nice toasted bread and cedar notes with a little coffee and white pepper on the retrohale, uh, roasted malt, malt, and some chocolate on the beer. Solid pairing, but that's what he expected. Thumbs mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. We got two more. Nathan Stewart's doing the EP Carrillo La Astoria with uh, Skookum Brewery's uh, Murder of Crows Imperial Stout. Dang. Well, the like start that. had lots of sweet cabinet spices, which turned into a cayenne pepper burn, which makes me want another sip of the stout. This combo is bringing out a plum fruitiness that I don't get from the beer itself. Okay, nice. And Mike Hakens, he's got a Samuel Smith Imperial Stout and a 601 mm. Maduro. Chocolate spice flavors of the cigar are smoothing out into a baking chocolate and caramel f- uh, flavor from the chocolate and raisin flavor from the beer. Wow, those are Dude, all that, good. That, those are that all good. is that, that last one is classic as classic gets. Yeah, Six oh one Maduro Smith. and Samuel Smith's like that's the raisin flavor. I like that's, that. Well, yeah, well, that's you know, classic. 
I, I apologize. Let me see the second to the last one one more time, Jordan. Nathan Stewart, E.P. Carrillo, La Historia, with the like the longest beer name ever. Yeah, La Historia. That's the San Andreas. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's gonna have some uh, sweetness to it. Uh, those are all good. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I like the one that that had to be told in two posts because he, <laughs> he did the. Was that Mike Kevin H- Hakins? Kevin O'Connor. Kevin yeah, O'Connor. O'Connor. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. That's dude. That right there. The breakfast out. I mean, if Randy Founders can break the breakfast rules, so out. Can, so can, well, the breakfast out is is no. That's not. Uh, that's no, on no, par. That, that's perfect. Actually, yeah, yeah, no, no. Kevin, as as I feel like I think Kevin O'Connor every week. And, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot, well, a lot of these had adjuncts and whatever yeah. you want to call it, but you know. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, Kevin O'Connor's was the winner until I saw Nathan Stewart's. Uh, Nathan Stewart mm. is going to get my vote simply because he, he was able to identify and and well articulate a characteristic and a flavor that was brought out that mm. he didn't find in either one of the elements by mm. themselves. Yeah, but when, it, when, it, when he paired them, that, that plum fruitiness uh, became more prominent. Yeah, I, I'm. You guys all all know. Anyone that follows the show knows I'm a sucker for anything that you can describe as the sum was greater than that of its parts. And mm. I think Nathan did a great job of describing that. I like Joe Machado's. Uh, that's that's what I would have gone with. It was great. He had the. They were all good though. Really, the, the they were all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is tough. With Dogma Ten. Yeah. What do you think, uh, uh, Robbie? What was your pick? Uh, I think I, I, O'Connor. I pick up. Uh, oh, Tuans okay. was good too. What was Tuans again? Was good. He had the bishop's uh, blend. Bishop's well, blend, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Bishop's blend. And then whoever said that if I can, if Randy can break the rules, so can I. That was like, gets my vote. <laughs> like, how, many, how many votes do I get? Like, I, I, like for real, like I, every week, I feel like we. I don't know. I just feel like a proud papa with seeing all these, all these uh, different pairings and the way that you guys are writing this stuff up. Like, you take it seriously, and that's like yeah. that's to me that's cool, and that's no, that's why flattered. we want to keep Absolutely. that's why we want to keep doing this and, and trying different things. But uh, I vote for everybody. Everybody wins. Everybody, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> uh, my vote. How about you, Jordan? You, you, did you, you guys all pick different you? people? We did. Yeah, we, Jordan, did. we did. So we got Nathan Stewart, uh, 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 Kevin O'Connor, Joe and Joe Bunchado, and Kevin O'Connor. Uh huh. Yep. It only makes sense if you pick somebody else. <clears throat> But pick somebody else. You know, like a fourth. No. So <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, just make, do, make do a what winner. Your heart make tells a you. winner. Shouldn't we get a winner? <laughs> Whatever you think. Whatever you think. Uh, mm. Out of those ones, I would go uh, Nathan Stewart. Mm. Congrats, Nathan Stewart. You get Let's bragging go. rights. Nathan Stewart is the winner tonight. You get bragging rights, Nathan Stewart. Good job. Nathan Good. Stewart! You just won. <laughs> Sorry, he's finally get, he's finally getting the hang of those buttons, and, and now I look forward to that at the end of every show when when Jordan goes buck wild on the buttons. So it's 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 beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, Randy, we got to do our, yes. uh, our thumbs, thumbs up, up thumbs, thumbs down. down. Um, do you want to go first? Should I go first? What do you want to do? I'll leave it to you. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. As I said, um, this was a bit of a no-brainer. This was a perfect pairing for me. Uh, Faction is one of the best breweries in the country, in my opinion. They uh, took home a couple of um, medals at the recent World Cup of Beers. Um, the Nitro Imperial Stout, uh, paired with the Liga Privada, had all the complexity that I was looking for, had uh, intensity matching, had uh, harmonies and flavor hooks, uh, coming from multiple angles and created a, a really, really nice depth of pairing. 
in, in a really great way. I'm really glad we revisited this style. Yeah, so absolutely. Thumbs up, thumbs uh, up for me. Jordan. Yeah, that looked, sounded like a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, this uh, from Federation Brewing out there in Oakland, um, and this is their low boy stout. I don't know what low boy means, but um, this is only 5.3%. This is not. Well, that's what it means. This is, this is, oh man, low, yeah, low ABV. There, there you go. go. Uh, it's 5.3, but if you didn't tell me what it was, it doesn't, it's not heavy, but there's so mm. much flavor. That it just, you, I just assume there's a lot more malt in this than the than there really is. Um, it's a it's pretty damn delicious beer. I've only had a couple of things uh, when I was with uh, Laughing Monk Brewing. We did a, a a collaboration with them, but it was a, a it was a sour beer, so uh, I had never really had much from them. Um, but this beer, super super good, not overly sweet, really really sweet at all. It's very on the much on the dry side, dry cocoa powder, roasted coffee, not quite espresso. Um, and there's kind of an earthy vibe to it, but definitely more roasty than sweet. Uh, and adding in the, the Tatuaje, uh, Jason earth, not overly earthy, but nice earth, a nice little, uh, almost a chocolate powder too on both sides. That's kind of the flavor hook there, I guess. Uh, I went more for the spice to this. It's got that heavy, uh, black pepper with that bright red pepper on the retro hail, which in a weird way, kind of acts as a palate cleanser. It's kind of like the exclamation point on the pairing, is because you're bringing this this roasty vibe together. You got some there's some cabinet spices working in there as well, which is a relatively new development as I get to the middle of this cigar and you know halfway through my second beer. So you can only trust me so much, but um, super super good. Exactly what I wanted to do. I thought I would be zigging when you guys were zagging. I thought for sure you guys would go for more of a sweet profile but randy we kind of tried to achieve the same thing um we went with uh different cigars but similar uh your beer is much bigger than mine but i think the fact that it's nitrogenated probably makes it the the intensity evens out a little bit Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i just i'm actually kind of proud of both of us all right before we uh before we do the uh the votes uh display the votes from the audience we'll just quickly go through ours um just so people know, uh, I had the UF4 from Drew Estate. Uh, I, as I said before, it was a, a bit aged out and kind of having a hard time getting a ton of flavor out of it, which is not common um, for a Unico Drew Estate. But even still, Robbie and Randy, because this beer is not that crazy barrel-aged out that sort of tastes like soy sauce or whatever, like even still, this is still a thumbs up for me because it's still a good pairing. Like I... I can't say this is a bad pairing. If somebody had this that was, you know, like I, I would say like kind of pretty into cigars and beer and stuff, they'd love this. This is a, this is a great pairing. You get chocolates, you get some coffee notes. Yeah. The cigar is, is probably toned down from what it originally was, but I would totally give this a thumbs up even still um, loving every second of it. Jordan, what did you think with your pairing? Yeah. Uh, I thought the beer was a little bit better than I expected. Uh, it's, Kind of like on, I would say it's more on like the dry Guinnessy kind of spectrum. Um, it's got some some chocolates, uh, some roasty kind of elements, and it has like a like an acidic kind of coffee uh, through the finish, and then it go, kind of goes into like a bitterness after that. But it has like a nice balance, like voluminous, you know, coats your whole, coats the whole palate kind of a thing going on, which I always like in a beer. Um, Voluminous, very nice. The uh, the well cigar, uh, really good. This would be like if this was a stout. This would be like left hand uh, nitro milk stout. Uh, a lot more 
on the the sweet side not too much like earthy kind of charry flavors but more so like um like a root beer syrup with that vanilla kind of finish um a lot of like vanilla kind of stuff going through the through the finish and like molasses brown sugar sweetness really mm-hmm. nice uh really liking the cigar they go they go great together the cigar is a little bit fuller than the beer the cigar is the star here uh go thumbs up uh real quick matt what did you remind people what you uh, were smoking with the stout and did you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down i was smoking the don pepe and garcia blue and uh, yeah i was going for that earthy spicy with the malted sweet coffee and it is a thumbs up you know it's a, it's a good pairing yeah uh b champs all the way from tampa <laughs> hanging out in denver colorado with this brand new job what did you think of your pairing with the uh diamond crown jc newman i enjoyed it i was a big fan of imperial stouts and uh, i used to smoke uh more of a lighter cigar with it like a bs artist or something like that and this is the first time i've really enjoyed like a stronger cigar with the uh stout Thumbs up from B Temps. There you go. Are you boys ready to find out who won tonight's episode? Let's go. I'm in, but B Temps, you've got you've got a good voice for stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, I was thinking I know, this. Okay, all right, wait, hold on, hold on. Just just so everybody knows. I don't know if you guys realize this, but B Temps was in a band called Pogo, which got pretty popular in the mid 90s. Look it up on Spotify. Look guys. it up on Spotify. They're actually it's, it's really good the P-O-H-G-O. band. P O H G O. P O H G O Pogo. B-Tamps was the bass player for Pogo and they got big in Japan. There's even Japanese bands that cover some of their songs. So <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This, this is this is the honest to god oh, truth. Like he he B-Tamps played shows with Microwave. Like that's how big they got. Wow. So I mean, yeah. Another little dirty secret. I was the DJ for 12 years as well. There you go. Comfortable behind the microphone. There it shows, go. brother. It shows. All right, guys. Let's take a look at these votes. Oh, it's a close one. Oh, I figured it was going to be close. I, fa- I this, figured this was really close. close. This was split. Facebook liked, tell him. Facebook liked Randy, uh, but YouTube liked Robbie even more. So this is what we're working with. 44% Randy, 56% wow. Robbie. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the audience all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good, I actually think that's a pretty good representation. Yeah. You guys did I, a good job pairing, and you and it showed Facebook, in the vote. Facebook, it held through the, the same the whole time. Did, did YouTube go back and forth, or no. was it just... It was the same. It was all Randy on one side, all Robbie on the other. Yeah, there you go. It's interesting. Usually, uh, I can tell halfway through the show if if Randy's going to win or not, um, and usually he doesn't. But um, <laughs> today, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was too easy. That was mean, but it was a little too easy. Um, but today, I w- I had no idea how the vote was going to be. I- I'm glad that it was close. Um, but uh, I, I think that either way that you voted, you, you could have you would have voted correctly because I think we both had uh, very good beers. Although I think our beers were more different than our cigars were. Um, but uh, I, I want to uh, say thank you to the audience for getting it correct once again. Uh, you guys were off last week, or was it last week that, uh, or it was two weeks ago, whatever, when Randy won, like kind of out of the blue. Uh, but um, <laughs> other other than that, uh, you guys have been pretty consistent, and I appreciate it. Uh, no, but this is, I, I'm glad to see a lot of people out there drinking stouts and, um, you know, it's not really stout season, but this, I mean, this to me is a, this pairing specifically for this type of stout, really good for spring, really good for fall. 
summertime not so much um so we're, we're just on maybe on the edge of uh, of stout season but uh very very enjoyable uh randy what uh what are we doing next week are we jumping are we doing a wild card or are we jumping right into the next segment card no we've got a wild card i know you guys uh, did mix in a wild card uh in my absence with the unicorn killers but we're gonna go ahead and and, and take a, a quick reprieve because we do want to give everyone an opportunity um as uh this segment was based on beverages we're going to go on our next segment is going to be based on cigars so we do want to give everybody a little bit of a head start so they can go ahead and get their hands on the cigars for next uh segment so we're doing a wild card uh so tune in on monday robbie's gonna let you know not only what next wednesday's wild card is but he's gonna give you the lowdown on the first episode of Segment three of season six. Tune in on Monday night, just after 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. There you go. Boys, uh, yeah, looking forward to all that. It's going to be fun. Always, I love a good wild card episode. You know, you never know what it's going to be. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, I, I know <laughs> I'm going to be pushing know. for uh, Cracker Jack pairing on <laughs> uh, the wild card myself. That, that could be fun. That could be fun. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it. Uh, boys, what's going on? Smoke Night Live this Friday. All right. So just a couple quick things. Uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Cigar BQ is scheduled for Sunday, June 4th. And if you're unfamiliar with Cigar BQ, uh, this is the longest running event that the Cigar Dojo does. We've done it even before. We even started this before we officially started doing shows or anything like that. So Sunday, June 4th is Cigar Barbecue. Um, and that's where you just, you have your own barbecue. You get your buddies together, or if you don't have buddies, that's fine too. Do your own, do your own barbecue that day, all day. We'll be smoking cigars, drinking drinks, smoking meats, barbecuing meats, whatever you want to do. We'll come up with some cool prizes for you guys with the hashtag Cigar BQ 2023. That's a June 4th, so make sure to plan on that. Remember, you don't need anybody to help you. A cigar BQ, you can just do on your own, so that'll be a ton of fun. Uh, two nights from tonight, uh, Smoke Night Live returns. How do you build your own cigar factory? Do you want to build your own cigar factory? Yes. We're going to no. find out on Friday night because uh, Klaus Kellner will be joining us, and he's going to be talking about how he built his own Cigar Factory in the Dominican Republic. Obviously, he was formerly uh, with Davidoff, one of the main guys with Davidoff. Step one, have a dad that's one of the most infamous <laughs> cigar factory makers in the entire business. I don't know what step two is. Step two, be born. Step three, Just take be- over the world. <laughs> so, so, so we're going to be talking about that on uh, Friday night, boys. Klaus Kellner. Beautiful. That's that's fun. I- I'm glad to see Klaus back uh, yeah. in the industry. Klaus, is just, he's such a class dude. Um, and, uh, you know, the lineage is there and he's, uh, he's blended some, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to come up with, honestly. Uh, but he's been uh, involved with some great cigars. So, and he's super fun to talk to super engaging, super smart. Like, yeah. uh, and he's a good looking guy. Like he's, he's checking oh, yeah. all the boxes, Randy. He makes like, we can't be on the show with him. It's, it's bad for my ego. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I, I, I hear you. The guy wears nothing but linens. I aspire <laughs> to be like him. He's, I, I, he's I, Randy's I spirit be, animal. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Just want to be draped in linen. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, beautiful. So this was uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Randy, this was a good segment uh, going through some beer trends. We're gonna uh, visit some some other trends uh, throughout uh, the the, le- the rest of this flavor odyssey that we're going on. We're gonna jump into some other trends as we go. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, tune in on Monday 
for the live, and I'll let you guys know what we're going to do for this uh, specific uh, upcoming week for a wild card, and then we'll talk about the next segment. A lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad that the audience got back on board and uh, and voted correctly, hit the right button this week. That's uh, That was the right way to go. Really appreciate that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is a great show. Uh, everybody have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next Wednesday as Odyssey continues. Thank you.